0: Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. I want to get into this message today on relation shift. Let me me state this again. I, over the years as a pastor, counseling, working with people, listening to people, praying with people, walking with people, I, I want to say it again, your relationships will determine your destiny. The Bible speaks about it in Proverbs, how we are to you know, not be the companion of fools. How those that we hang out with will determine who we're going to be. You can always tell the character of a person by the people that are in their circle around them. The people they choose to spend their time with is a window <clears throat> on their character and their dreams and their goals and their priorities. Sometimes it's better to walk alone than walk in the company of fools. And so sometimes you invest an alone day today for a blessed day tomorrow. How many hear what I'm saying? And so we need to understand that. You've heard me say for years, God works in connections. And Satan works in the gaps. And so we, we need to understand a fresh biblical view of our relationships. Not just as married people, but as singles. Single and married. How are we looking at this? What What is our priority How do we prioritize relationships from a biblical perspective? I want you to hear this as we go through this month and today and next weekend. I want you to get this. It's important to believe and expect. How many heard those two words? Believe and expect that God can really do some big work in your heart. That things can really change. How many heard what I said? That God can really bring healing where there's been brokenness. Where, where, where things can shift and in the right direction in my life. But we need to understand how does that happen? How do our relationships shift? How does that happen? How do I realize these things take place? Let me help you with this. Connection is God's design. God designed us to relate to Him and to each other. God designed you to have healthy relationships. So the good news is, whatever you desire in that area, God desires it even more. I, I feel the. I, I need to say this. If you've been married 50 years, your marriage can get better. Okay. If you've been married five years, your marriage can get better. If you're on your honeymoon, I know it may not seem that way, but your marriage can grow even deeper and can get better. If you've had a failed marriage, it doesn't mean that God can't heal you from that. And bless you with a relationship going forward. So we need to understand that connection and healing and healthy relationships are the plan and the purpose of God. Now, I I want you to understand what I'm after today is not your head. I'm after your heart. I'm not going to give you a thousand statistics today. I'm not going to do, and I'm not saying these things are wrong, but I'm I'm not here today. I'm not going to give you five steps to a better marriage. I'm not going to give you, uh, conflict resolution skills. Although some of you might need some of those. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you communication skills. Okay, so this isn't a how-to time this morning. Everybody with me? Okay. Thank you, I, 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 everybody with me. So I'm not going to do the stuff you men can relax. I, I feel you. We're not going to do kumbaya stuff this morning. I'm not going to have everybody stand, hold hands, stare in each other's eyes, and repeat after me. That's creepy. Can I get an amen from the men in the house? I mean, I'm, you know, we're we're not going to we're not going to do little exercise here where you know the trust fall. Okay, we're not going to do stuff like that today. All right. That's not what this is about. I'm, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. We're going to bring some healing. All right. We're going to bring some help. So I want you to see that your marriage, your, your life as a single, your relationships, all of them, any of them, I want to help you, can be at the highest level because you're a born-again believer. There is a level of relationship health that can only come. In the life of a born-again Christian. Did you hear that statement? Only come. A level that is only attainable because your connection with Christ. Now, let's look at Genesis. I know you thought, I forgot about Genesis 1, but I didn't. Shame on you. Genesis 1, verse 26. Let, let's look at this. I want you to see the original design. Right? right? Let's, let's delve in for a moment. Genesis 1, 26. <clears throat> Pardon me. Then God said, let us make man in our image. In our likeness and let them. So this is, this word here is really mankind, men and women. All right. So I want you to see your design. I want you to understand. Now, like, like any good designer, you, you have to realize this before God designed the universe, the earth, you, he already knew your purpose. God designed you with your purpose in mind. You understand that? You weren't just created and you hope you get somewhere. God had a plan for you over here. And when he designed you, he was looking at that plan. He designed you to fit that plan. It's like you sit down with an architect. And they can't draw anything until you first tell them what you want to build. This is the kind of building. This is what I want. This is how high. This is how wide. This is the square footage. This is what I want to do in there. Are you listening to me? The Bible said in Psalm 139, While you were yet in your mother's womb, God began to design a plan for you. I have some good news for you. God has incredible favor and blessing and goodness and fulfillment and health and freedom with your name on it. And he designed you to walk in that. But we have to connect with him for that to become a reality. So so you and I, every human being has this potential that we were created in the image and likeness of God. And he said this about us. We are to rule over the rest of his creation or have dominion or at a higher level. To be his under servants over all he created. Everybody with me? Over the birds of the, uh, the, over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. See that equality there? Verse 28. God blessed them. Now, when even though you're created in the image and likeness of God... Even though your potential is at that incredible atmospheric level, without the blessing of God on your life, you can't obtain it. So when God designed you with a purpose and an intent, you still need his blessing to reach it. You can't achieve everything God has planned in your relationships apart from him. So God says, this is who you are. This is who you can be. This is how we're going to interact. And so to enable you to reach it, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to put favor on you. I'm going to enable you to do that. So God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it, rule over all these things that I built. So it was amazing. It was amazing. God created us. Our potential, listen to me, your potential is determined by your source. What you're able to do will be determined by how you stay connected to your source. If you remain connected to your source then you have the potential of your source. How far can you go? What's your capability? How good can your marriage be? Can healing really happen? If I know my source and stay connected to my source, all those things can happen in my life. Let me illustrate that. We look in Genesis chapter 1, of verse 11. When God said it's time to create the plants, watch this, he spoke to the earth and told the earth, produce vegetation. Now think of this. If the earth is the source of the plant... If the plant's going to bear fruit and have its full potential, then the plant has to stay connected to the earth. The moment you pull a seed or a plant out of the earth, what begins to happen? It starts to die immediately. If you hold it out long enough, separate it from its source, it'll die. When he got ready to create the fish in Genesis 1.20, then we read he speaks to the water and he, he says, Bring forth abundantly all these teeming creatures. And as long as a fish stays in the water the fish is fine. Pull the fish out of the water what happens it dies. I have some really good news for you and me. We weren't we didn't come from the earth. We didn't come from the water. When God got ready to create you he looked to himself. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And God pulled you out of Him. Not out of the ground. Not out of the water. Not of not of some primordial swamp or goo. or uh, uh, he, You came from Him. You were designed out of Him. There's a likeness and a connection. And if you will stay connected to your source. If you will walk into a relationship with Almighty God. You will fulfill the purpose He put you on this earth to fulfill. And there is no limit because He's your source. So everything that's going to work in relationships all goes back to knowing who created us, how he created us, and how we stay in connection with him. Is everybody good with that? So let's go fast forward. Let's go to chapter 2 and verse 18. Just going to help us see some things. So God said this. He created Adam. We read about that. And then we get to chapter 2 and, and, and God's watching Adam. And, and, and verse 13, 18, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Relationship was God's design. Okay, So he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. All right? Let's drop down to verse 20. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with the flesh. With flesh. All right. Now, you know, one day, Adam was just working too long in the garden. I mean, he kept working and naming animals, naming animals, working too long. He went on for a period of days. You know, ladies. And so, Eve goes, what's up with the dude? I mean, he's never home. He's always working. And then insecurity begins to happen. So you got to be connected make a relationship work. So he begins to get insecure because Adam's working too many hours and not showing up, not home like he used to come home. So Adam falls asleep that night. She counts his ribs to make sure there's not another one missing. Anyway, so... Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. He brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. She was taken out of man. So I think the way they got the name woman is when he saw her the first time. He goes, whoa, man. <laughs> Thanks God. <laughs> like this is good. So everything's fine, right? All's going well. Then there's chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. Now we understand that Satan had tried to take the throne of God, Lucifer, the archangel. He'd been cast down to the earth. So what is he doing? The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But he did say, God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you'll die. She knew exactly what God had said. He challenged her first. Can I help you something today? If you don't know the Word, you're in trouble. If you know more, any other source of information, if you don't know the Word, you can easily be led astray. You can't just come to church. You've got to get in your Bible. You've got to read the word. You've got to be in the word. Because the first thing Satan will always do to you is say, did God really say that? See, so that, that's, the, that's the byline, I don't have time to go, of our culture today. Is that, is that you can do this. The Bible doesn't say, did the Bible really say that? I heard somebody recently say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling because this thing about, uh, you know, the, 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 the validity of unborn children in Israel is tripping me up on my worldview. Tripping you up? You're you're on a trip. You're the one tripping out. So you got to know enough word to know how I look at the rest of this world. Okay, I can tell that one over. Let me keep going. So she knew the word. So he tries number two. Uh, Verse four. He says, well, you're not going to die. God doesn't mean what he says. That's not going to happen. Come on, get real, lady. So for God knows. So now he accuses God. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God knowing good and evil. Verse 6 When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. He ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now watch the immediate fallout of it. God works in connections, Satan works in gaps. God's our source. As long as we connect to the source, our potential is unlimited. So, what happens? So, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Who hid from who? Who ran from who? Did God run from this? God turned their back on them? They hid from God. Did you know that if you're not walking to God today, He hasn't left you, you left Him. Do you know if there is a void in your relationship with God? God didn't leave you. You left him. Do you know where he is? Right where you left him. Do you know how you get back to him? Go right back to where you were when you were serving him. God has never left you. You always left him. And the good news is today you're still alive and breathing. It can make an altar where you are today and get back in place with him. Okay? So, so we see this immediately this dilemma begins. So he said, I hid. Verse 11. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And here we go. There it is. Verse 12. He says, well, it's the woman. But it does stop there. And he says, that you put here. I mean, everything was good. I was naming the animals. Everything was fine. Everybody's good. Cattle were grazing, fish were swimming, birds were flying. You put her here. Remember when you saw her, you were like, oh yeah. But now you blame God, you blame Eve. And what happens in our relationships, if we become disconnected from God, all of our relationships suffer. If we try to make any other of these relationships fit that place that God designed, they're never going to work. The moment I try to make anyone my source other than God, it begins to be dysfunctional. It begins to operate in a level that was never intended to operate. So so chapter 3 of Genesis is called the fall of man. Theologically, theologians tell us that's the fall it was. That's where man fell out of the presence of God. Separated. God had to drive them out of the garden because now they, 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 they had this carnal knowledge and, and they, they could eat of the tree of life and live forever. And He said, We've got to separate them now. The beginning of separation from everything else and all the broken relationships was when they walked away from God. You remember that old commercial? And, and, I, and I was going to show it, but I didn't want to disrespect anybody because it kind of targets a particular group of people. Remember that commercial? Help! I've fallen! And I can't get up. Remember that one? What can I tell you? Go look in the mirror. Because right there in chapter 3. Help. we've fallen and we can't get up. Do you understand that? You can't get up. You've fallen. Do you hear what your pastor is telling you? When Adam fell, we fell. The Bible says when he sinned, we've all sinned. And the truth of the matter is that we are a fallen people. And when we fell, we broke some stuff. And until you allow God to heal you and restore you and bring you back into the order that He designed, you will not make your relationship function correctly. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Incredible design by God. Incredible potential. But the challenge of making our relationships work is that we, with men and women, is that we are two very different people. And we are very fallen. So when you got two very different people that are very fallen and you think that's going to work, you're going to be very disappointed. (laughs) You can try all the arrangements. We can say, well, and all we're seeing in our culture today is just the result of continuing, listen to what I'm telling you, to try to make relationships work without honoring the God who created relationships. That's all that is. It's not all this genetic stuff, it's not political stuff, it's not racial stuff, it is sin stuff. S-I-N, did somebody hear what I said? The, the, so so we, we, we tried to have a relationship, a man and a woman, it didn't work. So you say, well I'll try a man and a man and a woman and a woman. We we, we try to make our marriage where it didn't work, so now we say, we don't honor the family anymore. You understand that? So we, we, we blew up our gender, we blew up our marriage, we blew up any definition of healthy relationships because we refuse to go back to the God who created us and designed us and ordained us and God wants to bless you and heal you and restore you. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? It's not all those other things. It's not hating and not hating. It's not being uptight or not uptight. We simply understand in the goodness and the grace and the love of God that he created you to have relationship and for it to go well. But there's an order that that walks in. Nobody can pick me up. What we do today if we move outside of God's plan is instead of two whole people who meet under the blessing and the favor of God? We get a broken lady and a broken man, or two broken people, and we say, "You know, you, you, you know, you, I got a bad right leg, you got a bad left leg, but I got a good left and you got a good right one. Let's just kind of live through life together." We think two broken is going to make a hole. It doesn't. We think let's get all the broken together, and and we're you know you're just lying to yourself. Watch yourself. You're not walking good. You're doing this. And we lie. Oh, I've never been better. My life's so good. I've never felt better in my life. It's just a great life. I love it. I've never walked so straight in all my life. I finally found myself. This is who I am. This is who I've always wanted to be. I'm just happy. No, you're not. That's not better than this. That doesn't work as good as this. I don't care what you say. This is better than that. Because that's how God created it to work. And we just have to understand that. So God created this image and likeness of God. Like God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're a triune being. He created you that way in His image and likeness. We're not God, but in His image. With the ability to communicate it and know Him. And so you're a triune being. You're not just one dimensional. You're a triune being. Your body, soul, and spirit. Your body is the house you live in. It's really not you. It's just my house. My soul is my mind. My mind, will, and my emotions. My spirit is a part, is, is where God dwells. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, when I'm not born again, my spirit is dead. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I was physically alive. I was mentally alive. I was spiritually dead. What happens when I'm born again? The Holy Spirit comes in my life. Jesus comes to live in my life. And I'm finally alive on all levels. Do You see what happens there's a built-in disappointment when you try to create a relationship without Christ. Because in the beginning it it, might, it works like this. You see somebody say, Hey, she's she got it going on. She's beautiful. I'm gonna ask her out. I like her. And and, and then and then maybe you, you you begin to build, you know, a relationship, you talk and text and FaceTime and Zoom and Instagram and TikTok and Whatever, and you know someday you're going to actually have to learn how to talk to him. <laughs> you make you know, me like face to face, like a real like. Anyway, so so and things are going well, and maybe you think this is it, this is it, and you get married, and you know we're we you know we're in love. I hope you are. We're we're we're, we're physically compatible. We we're friends. But after a while, this little thing starts going. You know, I thought this was going to make me happy. I thought this marriage was going to fulfill me. And you know, I thought I'd be content. I thought this marriage would make me complete. But something's missing. Something's not there. And you begin to look at each other like you didn't look at each other. You begin to wonder like you didn't wonder before. And you know what's wrong? Because you may be physically connected. And that's not really the definition of intimacy. And you may be mentally somewhat connected, but you're spiritually dormant. And there's something inside of you put there by God to keep drawing you back to Him and drawing you back to Him. And if I think another person can fill the void that only God can, it's built in disappointment. We would never get in front of our spouse and bow down and worship him and say, Oh, you're my God. You're my God. No, but when you marry or you're in a relationship and it's not based on Christ, you're not two born again believers. You're not, you're not alive spiritually. There is a void missing in your life and nothing on this planet can make it work. You understand? And so we, we have the privilege. I'll go back to what I said as a born again believer to begin to live our life on on, on this highest level. You know, we, if we keep trying, to heal ourselves, restore ourselves, find my completion in another person, it's, it, it's built in to, 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 to disappoint me. Let, me. let me show you something very quickly here, okay? Got a little duct tape. You know in the South, you give us a roll of duct tape and some bathing wire, we can fix anything in the world. Come on, tell the truth. Tell the truth. We got it going on. Okay? Let me get that off because it's not kind of jagged on me here. So let's get rid of you. All right? So let's look at this. So look at these pieces of tape. Everybody everybody in here understand what duct tape is? Okay, all right. So let's look at this. Got some duct tape. I'm going to fix my life, glory to God. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to make this work. Tell mama and them I said hello. (laughs) Tell my homies I'm coming. Here we go. We're going to make it work. I don't need all that Jesus stuff. Pastor Sawyer, he, he just, you know, he don't know what he's talking about. So here you are. Here you are. Here's your newest partner. What duct tape kind of sticky, isn't it? Okay, watch this. Oh, now we're together. Woo. This makes me feel complete. Listen to me. When you're single and you begin to bond sexually, the Bible says you become one. Now you, you're in a physical sexual relationship and you're not married. You're outside the covenant of marriage. And you say, well, you know what? I don't like them like I used to like them. I'm going to get out of this relationship. It's just not good anymore. And look what happened. Some of him got stuck to some of you. Yeah, you so you're going to find somebody else. Oh, that, now that's it. That's, that's what I was looking for. You know, I'm not going to buy a car unless I take it for a test drive. I'm not going to marry. I... And, 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 and guess what happened? Whoop. Now, now, watch me. Someone number three stuck to you. And everybody number three was with is now stuck to you. And everybody number two is stuck to you. So now you got some mess going on here. Can I, can I, look, look, look you, you know, you're getting raggedy right now. You need to get some stuff and hit the road. Can I tell you something? Some of you single folks ought to thank God Almighty, that you haven't gotten married yet because all that raggedy stuff is going to come with you. Well, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to go back to the Creator. You're supposed to walk in the presence of the loving God who says, I love you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to clean you up. I'm going to break those soul ties. I'm going to get that junk out of you. You're not going to carry all of that and that and that and that and that and that, and that into this marriage that you've been praying for. You say, well, I'm not married. Uh, well, well, those relationships. How do you treat your children? How do you treat the people you work with? How do you treat? See, let, let, let me hurry up. Is anybody kind of following with me right now? Okay. <laughs> Uh, how much time do I have? No, no, no. So, so, so look, look at this. Turn to Genesis 29. Let, let me help you. I gotta help you. Somebody's gotta tell the truth. Alright. So, so listen. If, if you don't get your relationships, if you don't, and it's not the people, listen, it's not anybody else, it's you. If I don't get me back where I should be with the Lord, if I, if I don't get myself here where I'm supposed to be, it's not too late in that marriage to get this thing right. But you have to understand how it works. You have to understand what's going there. You have to understand. So so here's a family. This, this is the founding family of the tribes of Israel. Listen to me. And when this dysfunctional fallen cycle is instigated in a family, only God can break it. Why do you do the things you do? Why do you react to people the way you do why does one word send you over here? Why does one thought fire me over there? Why can't I do this? Why do I get so far and it breaks down on me? Why, why can't I trust? Why can't I love? Why is this always with me? Why am I always thinking? Why am I, listen, always trying to keep me one door open just in case? See, 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 why I'm always trying to keep an exit strategy. Listen, when you say till death do us part, you shut the door on all your exit strategies. And until you're ready to do that, you're not ready to get married. But if we don't deal with, I'm falling and I can't get up, my relationships aren't gonna work. So, so let me update you just real quick. Here, here we have uh, two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Esau, they're twins Esau's first and then Jacob. Now, they named Jacob at birth because when his brother Esau's born, Jacob reaches out of the womb and grabs his heel. I said, woo, look at that. And his name literally means a deceiver. So they grow up and here and, and watch, the, watch the dysfunction begin. His mother, Rebecca, loved Isaac better. And father loved Esau better. So, you know, they got a little got a little stuff going on in the house. That's not how that's not healthy relationships. And see, an unhealthy relationship is going to begin to be repeated. And so Isaac, on one occasion, steals his brother Esau's birthright. And then we, we, we find out that his father's about to die, and his mother comes around behind his father's back. Come on. Rebecca's over here whispering behind Isaac. Isaac's dying, and Rebecca's plotting. She leaves the deathbed to go concoct a scheme. I know none of your families like this. And so she goes, to, she goes to Jacob and says, Jacob, your dad's dying. He's about to give his blessing to your brother Esau. We better get a plan to steal the blessing. So mama and, and, and Jacob steal Esau's blessing. And when Esau finds out his brother Jacob stole his blessing, he says, when my dad dies in the mornings or I'm going to kill you. So his mama says, well, Jacob, you better get out of here. Now you go back to Haran in the Mesopotamia where we came from and I, you, you go find your wife there. So, Jacob the deceiver. Everything he got is deception. He goes there and and uh, and, and and he meets his relative uh, and Laban. And Laban's as big a trickster as he is. Now, some of you who don't know Jesus. Call it karma. It ain't karma, baby. It's sowing and reaping. <laughs> don't get all mystical with me. You've been acting a fool. You're gonna reap a fool. You've been sowing crazy, you're gonna reap crazy. You've been sowing the wind, gonna reap the whirlwind. It's not karma, it's dumb. Okay, so, so, so Laban said to him, he said, I wanna marry your daughter Rachel. I'm in love with her. He said, okay, work for me seven years, you can marry her. And, 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 and Jacob said, "Seem like a day, I'm happy. So the night they're gonna get married, this is a dysfunctional family, folks. His future father-in-law, Slips over here and grabs the wrong daughter, Rachel, slips her in the tent and takes Rachel away and Leah becomes his wife. One of the understatements of the Bible. <laughs> says Jacob woke, in the, woke up in the morning and there was Leah. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> so he goes to Laban's father and I what did you do to me? He said, well, it's our custom. You can't marry the young one to the other one. He said, you fulfill a week with her and I'll give you Rachel too. Can you imagine Leah? Been married a week. And he marries her sister. Doesn't love her. Now go to Genesis 29. Trying to help you. Look look at this. Genesis 29, 31. See, no one can complete you. Everybody listening to me? No one can fulfill you. Help a fallen. I can't get up on my own. I can't figure it out. I can't deceive it. I can't manipulate it. I can't work the edges. Is everybody with me? Okay. So here's poor Leah. She finally begins to give her husband, whom she loves, but he doesn't love her, Jacob. Children, watch the struggle. Verse 31, Genesis 29. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now watch verse 32. Leah became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. Why did she name the boy Reuben? Look at this. For she said... It is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Even name the boy that. Let's keep going. Verse 33. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon, which means unloved. You see? You see? Okay. Let's keep going. Verse 34. Again she conceived that when she gave birth to a son, she said, Now at last my husband will become attached to me. Because I have born in three sons. So his name was Levi. His name Levi means attached. Do you see that Leah kept looking at a man that didn't love her? And kept thinking if I do enough, he'll love me. And so she passes her rejection down to the next generation of sons. And this dysfunctional fallen family is repeating generationally a cycle of disappointment, of heartache, of unfulfillment, of trickery, of deceit. Is anybody following me today? You can go to church caught in that cycle. You can get married like Leah caught in that cycle. You can be afraid to ever be married because you're caught in that cycle. You can keep going from one person to the next person to the next person because you're caught in that cycle. Here's how it goes. We'll learn some more. They said, Jesus, I don't have time to, uh, l- l- let, me, let me bring it here. Jesus, how do you sum up everything the law taught? He said, that's easy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Listen to me. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You know what, You know what he's saying? I'm never going to love you till I love God. I'm never going to understand what love is like until I'm loved by the real true God. I'm never going to understand listen, I, I sense Holy Spirit, you can be a widow or a widower here today. And God wants you to know what it's like to be loved. I'm not talking about a person now. I'm talking about your walk with Him at a completely another level. A completely another level. A fulfilled level. Where you're not needy, you're complete. Is right with me? See, freedom is a byproduct of the presence of God. You want to be free, go in the presence of God. You want to be healed, go in the presence of God. See, this whole thing. You were created to be in relationship. It begins my relationship with God. Jesus said, let me make it simple. Love God. Trust God. Give him your heart. Love him. Love the Lord your God. Don't play the game. He didn't say go to church. He said love God. I didn't say go buy a Bible and print my name on it. Love God. I didn't say try to impress people and go to church and be a hypocrite. No, I said love God. All oh, my heart. All oh, my soul. All my strength. God, I'm shutting all my exit strategy. I'm closing all my way back. Anybody listening to me? I'm going to walk across the Jordan River and I'm never going back. I gave you my life. I'm going to live or die on my commitment to you. If you can't save me, I won't be saved. If you can't heal me, I won't be healed. If you can't deliver me, I won't be delivered. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart. I'm going to give you my life. Then he said, as a result of that, you can begin to love your neighbor, but come on, but, but listen, but he said, he said, here's the caveat, we just jump right over, you can love your neighbor, but you're going to have to love your neighbor, are you with me, how? Like you love yourself, broken people, break people, hurt people, hurt people, wounded people, wound people, so, so listen, <laughs> Why in our relationships do we talk mean to the people close to us? Why are we unkind to the people that are close to us? Why are we impatient with the people close to us? Why are we critical to the people around us? Why are we insecure with the people around us? You know the old saying, perception becomes reality? Some of you have a spouse that loves you with all their heart. But you can't accept it because you don't love yourself. You're insecure. You're always jealous. And you're always thinking they're this and doing that. You know why? Because you don't love you. Because you're not free. Because you're carrying all that raggedy residue around for what life did to you. And until I'm healed, I can't love you. Until I begin to understand, I'm forgiven. Ah, I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. But He loves me. He loves me. I'm healed. I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I'm called by His name. I'm adopted into His family. I'm led by His Spirit. I'm a child of God. I have an inheritance. My name is written in heaven. I belong to God. I'm his beloved and he is mine. A mother may forget the child nursing at her breast, but he could never forget me. My name is tattooed on his hand. He knows when I breathe. He knows the hairs on my head. He supplies everything I need. I know I didn't earn it or deserve it, but I am loved by God. And we do all that other mean stuff, broken stuff, fallen stuff, dysfunctional stuff. Why? Because we're not healed. Those actions come from wounded hearts, bruised hearts, bitter hearts. And the only way I'm going to ever love the people I'm supposed to love is that I've fallen in love with Jesus Christ. I've received his mercy. And He's working in me. And because of that, I can look at you the way He looks at me. I can forgive you the way that I've been forgiven. I can believe in you. Or think, think, think of the... See, it's, it's our lifestyle relationships aren't something I've got to grit my teeth and try harder. And remember 30 steps. They're the fruit of the Spirit. They're the byproduct of the presence of God. The fruit of the Spirit. Think about your relationships. Come on, tell me how this works. Love, joy, kindness, goodness, meekness, patience, self-control. Sounds pretty good. Works, doesn't it? I want you to stand with me. I want the worship team to come. Come on, let's stand together. God wants to heal some people right now. Are you listening to me? God wants to heal some people right now. Pastor, why can't I make my life work? Well, I, I understand today. I understand. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, 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 psych, a psychologist. I'm not those things. I don't claim to be. I'm just teaching the truth. I'm telling you who you are and how God looks at you and how marriage and life works. I can promise you, if, you're, if there's dysfunction in your relationships, there's brokenness in your heart. If there's dysfunction in your relationships, there's something in your heart that God wants to heal and restore and bring freedom. It just works that way. Now, I didn't say this an in instant, but I'm going to tell you instantly God's with you and for you in this process. And deliverance comes and healing comes. Oh, I, I, I'm going to tell you, it, it comes. Let, let me tell you this. I'm not proud of this at all. But long before I was in a relationship with Phyllis, I I saw God begin to change who I was on the inside. I'm not proud of who I was before I was a Christian. I'm not proud of it. Man, I got messed up. I had a wonderful family, incredible mom and dad, but I got messed up. You know why? Because I disconnected from God. And in the gap that created, all these false things slipped in my life. And I was a young man. I was in college when I got saved. I already had stopped believing in marriage because I couldn't see anything around me that looked real I didn't believe in marriage I didn't trust people I'd become hard in my heart I'm ashamed to tell you this I don't do it now, okay I mean, you see what we do to feed people and I'm the first one in line when I ask you to give I'd see somebody holding a sign that said, we we'll work for food or homeless I'd like, get a job, get out of here that's all I have for him. See, he's a bum, he's lying that's who I was and I remember I was driving down the interstate in Dallas, Texas this guy was there on the ramp on an exit ramp had his sign up and I was born again now not long either weeks drove by and I started to do my George Sawyer thing my broken thing you hear me my broken thing and I looked over at him and those thoughts started coming up I listen I didn't take a class I didn't learn five steps I didn't learn uh, kindness. So I looked at that man. I drove by, him, and his tears started coming out of my eyes. It scared me. I thought. I said, "What is going on?" When I, I didn't react that way, I was shocked. i like, I was by myself, and I said, "I thought," I <laughs> it scared me. I said, "What am I doing? What's wrong with me?" I realized. I said, well, what is this? The Holy Spirit said, "You go back, and pick that man up." give right a ride, give some money. I was on the interstate, the he passed. He said, there's another exit. I mean, my heart was broken for that guy. It's not because, you understand? I, it, what happened? The Holy Spirit was in me now. He was changing my heart. So I took the next exit and I was trying. I was like, Come on, God. Come on, God. I don't want to pick that man. I'm all choked up right now. Come on, God. Give me a break. I don't want to, you know, it's bad enough. I'm crying. I can't stop crying. I don't want to go pick this guy I'm crying. I'm kind of weirdo is that? <laughs> this is all new to me. So I came around, got back on the interstate. And, and, and by then, and then I prayed, Oh, God, please let him be there. Please let him be there. I can't go through this anymore. Please just let him be there, God. <laughs> so there he was. I pull up, Rolled went down. I said, You need a ride, man? He said, he looked at me. I'm like, rod I scared him. He's like, what kind of weirdos? You give me a ride. I'm trying to be tough. I just can't get it. I can't get it together. I said, I said, just get in. I'm trying. So I'm trying to look away from him, you know. So he can't see me crying. I'm looking out my window. So, you doing okay? You good? Yeah. He's looking at me weird. I'm looking at him weird. I'm like, I saw. i just said. I didn't know enough at that time. I said, look, God told me to turn around. So I turned around, All Right? <laughs> then he really got scared. <laughs> and I said, so what's up with you? Why are you out here walking along the highway? Kind of in that voice. <laughs> and he starts talking to me. I kind of get back together. So I talked with him. I prayed with him. I fed him. I went down the road. God wasn't going to let me meet her until I started getting right. I started changing. God started healing me. I started loving people. <laughs> I started caring about people. I started putting people before me. And you know what started happening to me? I was the happiest ever been in my life. I learned to put others first. I learned to love. I learned to be kind. I learned to be patient. Did I get it perfect? Not every time, but I was. Something was happening in me. You hear what I'm telling you? I couldn't make it. God was doing it, and He'll do it in you too the deal. You've got to let go of some things today. Do you hear me? You must let go of some things. You must begin this thing and go to him and say, God, I want to help me love you with no no restrictions. Would you pray that where you are right now? God, I'm not going to hold back with all that's in me, God. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to ask you to heal me, release me, I'm going to stop trying to defend myself. Are you listening to me? I'm going to stop trying to prove I'm tough. I'm going to stop trying to prove I'm smart, sharp. I'm going to stop trying to make up for all my failures or perform for all the people that didn't love me. I'm just going to love you. And God's going to help you start to love some other people. Will you really do that? I don't mean play church. I mean come before God and just say, here I am. Kind of raggedy. I've been through all these messy relationships, but here's my life. If you'll take me and heal me. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.